Today we're here at the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory and we're just about to visit the Visual Arts 2 store. So come on in. And there's lots of um, very large stacked plain drawers that um, are powder coated and they're archival. So what we might do is just walk around this corner and open up a drawer and have a look at the first Papunya paintings to come out of the desert in 1971. You're listening to The Collection and we'll be sneaking you in the back door of the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory, also known as Magnet. Every object has a story, and in this podcast, we'll take you back of house to discover rare and wonderful objects and artworks, and introduce you to the people who care for them. My name's Lisa Nolan. I'm a conservator at the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory. This artwork here is by Walter Jampajimpa and it's titled Water Story and it's one of the 1971 early Papunya paintings from the Western Desert um, and it's basically painted on there's one, two, three, four, five levels of plywood so you can see the, the different layers here on the side of the board and each layer runs in a different direction. So it's on a black, black ground with white dots all over the surface. And then you've got that paint box red enamel um, with the story of water that Walter had painted as part of his knowledge of, and his story of his land and his country. My name is... Candy Nakamara Nelson. I am from Pupanya. You are Nakutako. My papa. I started painting just to see. I was watching my father paint for a long time. I watched the important old ladies too. That old lady would help my father paint and I would sit beside watching. He would sing whilst he painted dreamings. His sons, daughters and grandkids would sit around as well on the side. My name is Jared Archibald. I'm the Curator of Territory History here at the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory. Our director, Colin Jack Hinton, had a, a real eye for art and he could see that this new movement within the desert Aboriginal people and this, this art that was coming out uh, was going to go places. He could see that it was special and important. So he collected a number of these. My name is Dr Colin Jack Hinton. Uh, I was born on the 1st of January 1933. The collections were essentially Aboriginal. Uh, uh, we were slowly building up uh, natural history collections. Uh, I had very few staff, of course. I was trying to... See, what I'd always wanted to do, I wanted to build up, uh, develop uh, a contemporary art collection 
we had a substantial amount of Aboriginal art, uh, some of it great significance, uh, and a certain amount of contemporary European art, uh, though not substantial. My father was one of the old men that were part of the Central Australia dot art movement. Johnny Warunkula was my father's name. It was truly a long time ago that they learned painting. That mob, they started by painting on the ground. All those really clever old men, they learnt it a long time ago. I was just a little one, but they were knowledgeable a long time ago. They were working for the council. I was just a little one watching and followed them to the school to watch them paint. Yeah, and of course, Cyclade Tracy was uh, pretty horrendous in terms of, he destroyed the old uh, town hall, which we would we thought, you know, was a fairly substantial building. Uh, but of course, it had been built in 1885, 1886, and the uh, mortar was like talcum powder. It was only held together by the weight of brick, brick on brick. And the centre, it wasn't solid rock, uh, it was rock facing with a rubble cement fill. And of course, that was just a pile of rocks held together by talcum powder. So when the wind came, it just took the roof. 94% of the accommodation in Darwin was destroyed. So there was nowhere to live, there was no power, there's no water, there's no electricity, there's nothing. And the workers still, even in those conditions, came to the museum that day and tried to save what was there. So many of the objects that we had did survive, some with damage, some without, but the main ones that survived were ones that weren't in the main museum building, they were stored elsewhere. On Boxing Day um, in 1974, the Pintupi Welpuri paintings, as what the Papunya collection was called back then, um, was recovered from the New Zealand Victoria Insurance Building, which is located on Smith Street. It's actually still there, just down the road from Woolies. And um, it just so happened that during Cyclone Tracy, they happened to be on display in a different building, not in the actual main building. Um, And basically they had rented out the ground floor of that building and they had all the artworks on display adhered to Hessian and really nicely framed. And so what happened, Tracy came, the roof got blown off and the works got blown off the walls. Um, So when they went in to check them, the works were on the ground and they were soaking wet. This uh, wonderful lady called Maggie Kent, an employee at Magnet, um, got the fans out, got everything going, 
put the artworks up against any surface she could and tried to dry them out. And while she was drying them out, because the hessian was really soggy, they were able to remove the boards off the hessian and dry them out. So she actually saved them. Losing anything from a museum collection is... um I always think it's sad, um, especially when it's to do with natural disasters because normally it's not just uh, the museum that loses things, but it's the people that live in that community. So I know as the curator of Territory History, huge numbers of Darwin families had beautiful collections of prints and slides, family photos, uh, all their, their family histories. Even down to identity papers, it's all gone. You just don't have it. And so those people have that gap and museums also have that gap. So following Cyclone Tracy, the museum still existed but not as a building. It was a series of collections that were stored and worked on in various uh, hired places all around Darwin. Uh, And um, my father, when he came to Darwin with us, uh, he worked uh, on a first uh, first floor building in uh, Kavanagh Street. It was above a pinball parlour and it housed the spirit collection of animals, so all the the animals in jars. Uh, It also housed lots of live snakes, um, and uh, that's where he had his taxidermy lab and work, so that's what was done there. Other collections were spread around. There was a lot of talk post-Sycon Tracy about how Darwin would be rebuilt and uh, what would need to be done there. And then, of course, The government said, um, right, we are going to replace everything that was damaged. And they came to me and said, well, we want to rebuild it. I said, no, you don't. I said, this building is not worth rebuilding. If it's going to be the museum, I don't want it. It's too limited. Why bother? Just keep the money in reserve. There was lots and lots of argy-bargy about that, where it would go, what it would look like, who would pay for it, and um, that went on for some years. Colin Jake Hinton fought extremely hard to get a good site and to then have a uh, a purpose-built building erected so that uh, we could then work from there as the, uh, the, the proper museum and art gallery of the Northern Territory. And that finally came to fruition in around 1979 and it opened in um, late in 1981 and we're still here. To help safeguard the collections, uh, the museum has a um, a system of protocols that um, are put in place uh, so that we can protect the collections the very best we can. So it's all about how you handle the works and not cause any further damage with the works when we're preparing them. We also have to monitor the air conditioning system because here in the tropics we uh, need to make sure that the climate is well controlled so that the works can last for future generations. Um, There's also in the tropics we get a lot of pests and they breed in the higher temperatures and higher humidity. So we have to monitor the pests and make sure they don't come into the stores. And also when works do enter the museum, such as loans and the art award, we make sure that um, things are frozen and fumigated before they enter 
the galleries and the stores. So as part of conservation um, and collection management, we like to store the more robust artworks and objects downstairs just in case as a preventive measure. Um, and then upstairs we have the more fragile works like the textiles, paintings, works on paper, all the organic materials. Our remit is to protect the objects that we have in our care for the people of the Northern Territory in perpetuity. And all museums have that for where they are. I think we've learnt a lot from um, Cyclone Tracy and what happened to the collection at the museum and how things are built and how important it is to make sure that um, the collection on display is safe and the artworks themselves are covered and, and well maintained even when there is a disaster and hence why we've got the disaster preparedness manual and that's a whole higher level of um, things that need to be done like collecting fuel for the generator and making sure there's water, good lighting, torches in case there's we have to come in and there's no power, lots of fans, dehumidifiers. We actually have a store that's called the Disaster Preparedness Store where we store as all these items including sandbags and wet sacks um, and mops and buckets and we have disaster bins as well with mops and buckets and plastic. We've also um, had workshops where we have to have a false scenario where um, there's a cyclone, everything's wet, there's photographs, books, paintings, how are you going to go about it with your team? Of course, people are the most important, but how are we going to save the collections when there is a cyclone? It's very important to us. For all museums, there is a massive collection in storage and a very small amount on display. We just can't display everything, but these institutions become that holding place for the for the memories and the experience of the community that they're in and that's really important and it's really important that those things are protected and and looked after and interpreted and put on display all those early works truly need to be preserved in darwin it's good for all the different people to come and see them and learn it's like that a long time ago they were painting their dreamings at some point, someone decided to put them in exhibitions. All the different people, different white people and people from overseas have seen them and all around Australia. They've been looking at them, all those old men that were creating something very real, really big dreaming. They're dreaming and they're still there at Darwin. Join us next time on The Collection as we find out about the worm of death. 
looks like an alien or it looks like a deep sea creature, but in real fact it's actually living a few hundred metres out the front of most people's doorsteps in Darwin. The collection is a museum and art gallery of the Northern Territory podcast, and this episode featured Magnet's curator of territory history, Jared Archibald, Magnet conservator, Lisa Nolan, and Aboriginal artist, Candy Nakamara Nelson from Papanya. Big thanks to Elliot Fleming, who is the men's development facilitator at Papanya Jupi Arts, who translated the interview with Candy from Pintupi Luricha to English. Thanks also to Emma Collard, the manager of Papanya Jupi Arts. You also heard the voice of Magnet's founding director, Colin Jack Hinton, from an oral history interview by Francis Good, kindly shared with us by the Library and Archives NT. Additional recordings thanks to Rod Louis Gung, Ryan Lewis, Turchinoa, and Keith Selms. The collection is produced by Story Projects, with production by Cinnamon Nippard and Laurie Uden. Music composition by James Mangohig and mixing by Hamish Robertson. Johanna Bell is the executive producer. This episode was created on Larrakia land in the tropical top end of the Northern Territory through funding from National Science Week NT. Subscribe to the collection wherever you get your podcasts or for more info, head to magnt.net.au forward slash the collection.